Welcome to the Next Discipleship Podcast, a resource from Freedom in Christ Church. Our vision is to impact the world for Christ with how he's transforming us every day. On this podcast, we're taking next steps and learning how to be followers of Jesus. We're glad you're here. This is what's next. Well, welcome back to episode three. We're going to be covering chapter two today of the Everything You Need course from our next discipleship resources. So we are so glad that you're tracking along with us. We want to keep encouraging you to talk to others about what you're discovering and what you're learning by joining our Everything You Need Facebook group. We keep talking about that. Connect with us on our socials at Freedom Church KW, and we look forward to continuing the conversation with you there. And we're joined again in this episode, of course, by Pastor Dal Wells, the author of this course. Uh, you can download this course at any time from our website. We hope you will. And uh, he's going to, again, keep walking us through the second chapter of the course in this third episode. So welcome again, Pastor Dal. Good to be here. Okay, so this episode is all about our relationship with God in Christ. And so we'll jump into Second Peter 1, 3, and it says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. And so when you read that, one of the things that we're going to talk about today and one of the things to think about is that phrase, has given. He has given us everything we need. And it assumes that there's a giver and that there's a receiver. So... Of course, here in this context, God is the giver. I am the receiver. But I think it's interesting, and you make the note here in the course, that there's a big difference between has given and will give. Mm -hmm. So he says here that um, we have been given, not he will give us, but he has already given us everything we need. That's kind kind of a big deal as we look at this verse to understand that. It is. Uh, It's a concept I believe that's it's huge for us to grab a hold of, and that is to recognize that God has already given us everything that we need. And so it actually changes the way we pray. For example, when we go to God, we're not asking God to give us stuff, uh, and we're trying to figure out what it is we need. We go to God, and we learn what it means to activate what God has already given to us. That's a whole different way of looking at it. Yeah, that's prayer. a whole different process. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And that, I think, for the average person, uh, they don't really understand that. And so prayer is like starting from scratch every time, as opposed to going with a, an understanding of what you already have and asking God to activate that in your life. That's completely different. And that is part of the process of learning how to live in Christ. Awesome. Okay, so start to take us through some of this material in this chapter of the course. Well, in the sense of uh, what we're talking about, everything that we need is based on our relationship. So it's on our knowledge of him. Our knowledge of him is obviously uh, knowing the facts about him in an increased measure because you can't really know someone until you know about them. But then to put that into practice, uh, that's what we really need to do. And we need to get to know God by uh, applying what we are learning about him. So it's all about relationship. And so we need to do that in our lives. And it must become a lifelong passion. 
It's not something that happens once and then we move on from there. It's something that we need to cultivate daily, moment by moment. And that's what I'm hoping this course will uh, stimulate for people, uh, the idea that this is a, an ongoing, lifelong uh, proposition. Right. I think one of the questions that comes to my mind right away in this is, what if I don't feel a passion or a desire to know God? I, I'm catching, I mean, anyone who's listening along with us here is understanding, catching the drift, that that's the key, is to know God and to continually get to know him better and to learn about his attributes and to learn about who he is and to be in a relationship with him, uh, ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. But what if I'm in a place where I understand what you're saying but I really don't have a, I don't feel that way. So it doesn't find a place in my life. I, I am not really reading my Bible. I just don't have a passion for it. So it doesn't find its way into my day, my calendar, and my schedule, those kinds of things. What do I do at this point? Well, I think it's helpful at that point to ask yourself how serious you really are. And from my experience over decades of dealing with people, um, I see the ones that are just wanting to kind of um, go along and try to figure out a way to go the minimum route. And, and they never really totally get it. Then there are the people that say, look, it, I, I need to mo go beyond this. I need to move farther than this. And it's like anything in life that you truly want, uh, you will go after it. And so I would then look at my life and say, how am I doing? Is my relationship with God good or is it distant? Do I have a real passion to know God or don't I? And if the answer to the question in, in that way is, no, I don't really have that burning desire to know God, you need to ask the question, why? Because the point is this. Um, the rest of this is, is academic if you're not going to apply what mm -hmm. you're learning. Right. You have to choose, like anything in life, you have to choose because you're going to be lifeless, spiritually lifeless, without developing a passion for God. And you won't truly experience God deeply until you do this. So you have to ask, do I really want to? And, you know, I, there are a lot of things in my life that I don't really feel like doing, but I know they're really good for me. So at some point... The things that I have implemented in my life are the ones that I've decided. They're important enough for me to choose to do it mm -hmm. because I know it's good for me. I have to choose to do it. So the answer to your question really is you have to choose to want to. Uh, it's, it's no more complicated than that. It's not like a feeling is going to come over you all of a sudden. Some mystical thing is going to happen to you. You're going to have to choose to move in that direction before that appetite for more of God develops. It's an acquired taste. Hmm. Think about it in anything else in life. You know, there are things you say, I don't really like that particular food. I, I'm not really interested in it. And you ask it, well, have you, ever, have you ever tried it? Well, I did when I was a kid and didn't like it. Well, try it again. And then you try it again. You say, hey, that's not half bad. And then you start taking more and more of it. And all of a sudden, it becomes something that you enjoy. Right. I think this is the same thing. A passion for God is something that you acquire when you really go after it. So if you're listening to this and you don't feel the, that passion, but you understand, okay, if God really is who he says he is, if these, if what we've talked about, his power and his glory and his goodness and all of these things that we're going to talk about, about being in Christ are true, 
academically, but you don't feel that, then the issue is get to know God anyway. Mm-hmm. Just start reading your Bible. Just mm-hmm. start praying. Start journaling those prayers. Start talking to God. Start Just start doing it whether you feel like doing it or not. And let God ignite that passion. That's what you're saying. I guarantee you that if you do the three main things that I've referred to in previous episodes that I constantly tell people to do that I practice in my own life, that if you do those regularly, get the word of God into you, so know the word, pray, start talking to God like he's real, like he's ever-present, and inviting the Holy Spirit into your life to fill you, I guarantee you that you will grow. I guarantee you that your passions will change. It's, it's just the way that it works. The Bible already lays that out. But then when you actually uh, apply that to your life, you'll find that it's true. And so, yeah, when, when you do that, when you do those things, uh, it's the solutions right there for you. And so you do those things, uh, the passion will come. It's beautifully uncomplicated. It is very simple. And you heard the guarantee here. Absolutely. You have you've made you staked your you've staked your reputation I on have. it. Through decades of ex- personal experience plus dealing with hundreds and or thousands of people uh, over the course of years. And I know, I know that it works. When people really apply it, it works. When they don't apply it, it doesn't work like anything in life. If you don't try something, you can't criticize it. Well, you do, but you shouldn't, right? <laughs> right yeah. You shouldn't. Theoretically, right, yeah, yes. theoretically, yeah. you shouldn't. A lot of people criticize things that they don't really give an effort to. Right. And this is one of them. And so I, I would always ask people uh, in a heart-to-heart conversation, uh, how, how much are you really going after this? How much are you really giving to this? Invariably, the answer comes back to those that are just not feeling it or – they're not putting very much into it. Mm-hmm. And, and the opposite is true. And those are saying, wow, my life is changing. Is that, okay, what's the difference? Well, then they tell me, well, I'm reading the word more and I'm praying more and I'm asking the Holy Spirit wow. to ignite all of this into my life. And, <laughs> and it works. Told, and it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of a G.K. Chesterton quote that's so famous. You know this one? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting it has been uh, found difficult and left untried right so there's nothing about this it's, it's not that it's going to be easy no. but it's not complicated it's not complicated no. straightforward um and it's not going to be found wanting on the other side of it either that's right right okay so this course gives us a refresher on the basics of the gospel give us an overview of what we need to understand in order to be a Christian? What do we need to understand and believe in order to be a Christian? Let's just make sure we establish that. Well, we do know that the Bible is clear. So first of all, you have to believe the Bible. You have to accept that the Bible is true, that it's God's word as we have it. And so that in itself is something you're going to have to come to terms with. And I would encourage you to do that because uh, as I just mentioned, you need to rely on the word of God to help your life. So the Bible is very clear that there is only one way to establish a personal relationship with God. Once you're convinced that he exists and that he wants uh, you to know him. And that one way is by believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That Jesus Christ is God's one and only son and that he paid the way for you to have a relationship with God by his death and resurrection. So we find the scriptures there for that. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. Jesus himself said in John 14 and 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 17 and 3, Jesus in his great high priestly prayer said this, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then, of course, the scripture in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So it all comes back to Jesus. The central theme is always Jesus. Mm-hmm. What do you believe about Jesus? And so you need to understand that he is the way, the only way to eternal life. Yeah, and it brings me back to a question that we asked in the first episode and we can apply it to this point here, is what do I actually understand and believe about the basics of my faith? And to that point, a great way to ask and answer that question is to say, could I teach this to someone else? What would I tell somebody else about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a Christ follower? So that's just a good, again, a good baseline to say, do I know these things? Do I believe these things? And to the point where I could teach somebody else about it. Mm -hmm. We do know that most people who call themselves Christians don't talk to anybody else about it in the course of a year. Right. And so I think this is a really good exercise for those taking this course to stop and to evaluate, uh, ask themselves the question, have you shared this gospel with anyone? And if you haven't, okay, then just ask yourself, then what would you say to somebody given the opportunity? And so you need to be prepared to do that. And I think that's all part of the growth process and the maturing that comes in your life when you apply yourself. So first of all, I would say familiarize yourself with what Jesus said about himself. Read the gospels, Matthew Mark, Luke, and John, and just study Jesus' own words. What does he say about himself? So the Bible is God's revelation to us, and so we learn from that the truth. So let's see what Jesus said about himself in there, because everything hinges on what you believe Jesus is, who he says he is. You come to this, our conversation today the only reason that we're doing what we're doing is because we believe Jesus is who he says he is. Right. Now, the rest of the Bible also confirms who Jesus is. It also reinforces who Jesus claimed to be. And so you need to be familiar with that. And I think a lot of people aren't. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't really know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. They think they know. Uh, They have grown up with the idea of, well, okay, I, I believe in Jesus but they've never really studied Jesus. They've never really gotten to know him like we're talking about here. And so in order to be competent in sharing the gospel with somebody, you need to really familiarize yourself with Jesus. Hmm. So one of the key principles that we learn as we believe in Jesus, we understand who he is, what he's done, and we put our faith in him, is that we are now in Christ, you are actually an heir 
a joint heir with Christ in kingdom blessings. That's from Romans 8, talks about that. That's incredible. It is. And it's worth noting, too, that God is the initiator of your relationship with him. So God um, has called us by his own glory and goodness. It's not because of something we've done. It's because he's called us to this, which again is a a remarkable thing. And that we've then been invited by God to become part of his family. And so if we accept the invitation to be part of his family, that's being offered to us, then God calls us to live as one of his children and follow the example of Jesus so that we know how to do that. Uh, And so we have become those who are in Christ. Romans 8 29 says for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. It's just such an incredible concept to think that I had a Bible college professor who would say, who always called it the forever family. You're now part of the forever family. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a little like cliche, but it's, oh, it's good. powerful mm-hmm. to think this is my family forever. Right. And the inheritance, the blessing, uh, the riches of being a co-heir with Christ are unbelievable. And that's, so it's not even just, I get to spend eternity with him. There's all of these other things that come along with being in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we often use that term in Christ. We mm-hmm. use it a lot in our church, in our teaching. Uh, uh, you've done a series on it. We mm-hmm. did one a few years ago here at our church that you, that you spoke through about being, what it means to be in Christ. There's so much to it. So so if you had to just talk about that concept to somebody who had never heard it, how would you best explain what it means to be in Christ? So I would say that it's best understood as meaning a relationship with God. And it's absolutely pivotal to learn about, to understand, to embrace. And again, I think a lot of people who would consider themselves to be Christians don't understand this concept. Mm. Because if you do, it changes everything. It changes everything, how you see your life, how you see your present, even how you see your past, and, of course, how you see your future. Right. Because in Christ means I'm now in relationship uh, with Christ. It's interesting uh, to note that Paul, the Apostle Paul, uses the term in Christ or equivalent expressions 164 times in his 13 letters. Whoa. 12, 13 letters, however many you want to uh, credit him to, right? <laughs> if you want to include Hebrews, right? But in the book of Ephesians, he uses it 36 times mm. uh, alone. And, of course, that's why a number of years ago I did a series from the book of Ephesians about who I am in Christ. Um, it's our expression of the gospel in our culture that must be a natural flow uh, about our depth of our relationship with God, that it's in Christ. So when you think about this in what we're studying from Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, it really goes from point A to point B. If point A is me on my own without an understanding of God to point B, which is having a relationship with God, the way to that point of getting to that point is Christ. And when we put our faith, our hope, our trust, our life, our past, our present, our future in Christ, uh, we now are experiencing our relationship with God that we didn't have previously that we need to now develop. And so we need to think about it like that. In Christ is a great way to remind ourselves 
of our new identity, mm-hmm. of who we are, our potential, uh, that God has given us everything that we need, mm-hmm. but also our position, which is as a child of God. We are people who uh, are not uh, the same. And so when I look at my life in any situation I'm going through today, think of anything, large, small, difficult, easy, whatever. I look at myself not as kind of trying to make it myself through whatever steps I'm taking, but I'm literally doing this in relationship with Christ. I am in Christ. I read somewhere that it's one thing, and I think you probably understood this when you were going to Sunday school as a child or learning in early years, talking about inviting Jesus into your life, mm-hmm. right? And we invite Jesus into our life. And and I understand what that means. Uh, and, and, you know, the concept is we want God to be present within us. But I do think that that is uh, limiting in a lot of ways. I think that we should have maybe emphasized the other way around, and that is us in Christ. Uh, someone recently I, I read said that if we... Uh, look at Christ in us, then we limit ourselves to like a six-foot potential, whatever Christ can do in us. But when we see ourselves in Christ, well, how big is Christ? He's unlimited. Right. There is no limitation. And so I think that's that's a perspective we need to gain. Um, and one other point I'll make is that Satan is diametrically opposed to us understanding what we're talking about right here. Right. He's understand, he, he wants us to not understand that our relationship with God through Christ is the most important thing that we could ever have. And so uh, he tries to prevent us from knowing that. And so uh, we could talk more about that, but... Uh, you know, the idea of strongholds or hindrances in our mind that are preventing us from knowing God. Uh, and that's the strategy of, of the evil. Yeah, of course, because it's so powerful when that starts to become unlocked. In fact, Romans 12 says it, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, the way we understand what's happening. And of course, how do we do that? What's the practical step to say, well, I don't want the enemy to dictate what I believe or understand or live out in my relationship with Christ. I don't want to be limited to that six feet. I don't want to think of just Jesus in me. I want to think about being in Jesus. Um, I want to make that shift. So how do we do that? How do you make that shift? Let's go back (laughs) to the big three. (laughs) It's, you know, it sounds so repetitious, but it's, it's the renewing of our mind comes through by feeding our minds on holy things. And where does that come from? The Word of God, mm-hmm. getting that into us. Oh, Prayer, yes. focusing in on the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, who is the one who does the transforming, inviting Him in to have full control over our lives. So we, when we continue to focus in on that, that's how our minds are renewed. And we begin to identify those things that have become hindrances to us growing in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I could just offer some practical tips for people uh, who feel like, well, that's, that's a lot. I mean, just know my Bible, but let me just say this, uh, as a, as it's been in my own life to develop these strategies and to become renewed in my thinking and to, to do these three, what did you call them? The big three, the big three, three. (laughs) uh, to do these big three, uh, for some people, this might not be helpful, but for a lot of people, it will be. And that is to literally schedule these things 
into my calendar. That sounds very unspiritual, but let me tell you, when I have my version app and I have a Bible reading plan, that reminds me, you know, don't forget to open the word of God today. Don't forget to open the word of God today. Um, and I'm a pastor, I, you know, and so I, but I still have these checks and balances in my life. Oh yeah, it's my day off. I'm doing other things. It's so easy to get distracted and to not have that time in the word. Um, my prayer time, prayer times as our church, we said, we just started a couple of new things in prayer as a church. And the big reason was not because it suddenly occurred to us that we should pray. We know we should be praying, but we realized it's got to get on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Like we've got to get it on the calendar. And it's, it's a very practical step that, oh, well, it's, it's fast and pray Wednesday. It's there. And if I didn't have it on the calendar, the chances that I would get distracted or forget or those kinds of things are so easy, easy, so, so easily happen. And so that's, that's a practical thing for me. And then in, in those two big, the first big two, in both of those things saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. This is your word, you know, and in prayer, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to pray? What do you want to say to me? I'm going to be quiet and listen. And then, you know, all of those things, those big three together, like there's just some practical things that I think people make it really complicated and it's really simple. It's just, it's like going for a run. I want to do a 5k. Well, you're not going to get out there and run 5k. You're going to get out there and maybe walk for a bit mm-hmm. and then you're going to start and you're going to train, you're going to train example. towards it. Mm-hmm. You're going to train towards it. And it's, there's no magic to that. There's, I mean, it's doing it. It's just, you just get started, get started. So today, right now, if you don't do that now, get into that U version app. You're already pod, listening to a podcast. So you probably already know how to do that. You download that app, get yourself set up, get those things on your calendar and, um, bring, bring all those moments to the Lord. I can just uh, add, you can always, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life afresh. You don't even need that on your calendar. You don't even need it on your calendar. <laughs> wherever you are, driving, walking, in your workplace, station, say it under your breath, uh, think it. Uh, God is, he's everywhere and he knows your thoughts and uh, you know, and when you express your need to him, he's there. So you can include, and when, the more you do that, the more he'll bring these mm-hmm. other things to your mind as well. That becomes a, a beautiful habit. Yeah. The right kind of habit. The right kind. I might edit this out later for time, but I, I'm just thinking about when I'm driving in my car, especially when I'm alone or doing something, how often anxious and worried thoughts come up. How often I think about that conversation I need to have with somebody or uh, what are we going to do about this? Or how is this need going to be met? All those kinds of things. And these are the moments that the Lord has been teaching me be anxious for nothing mm-hmm. from Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. And I will, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think, you know, I can say that to myself and you know what happens? Mm. I go, yeah, I don't need to be anxious about this. God's mm-hmm. got this. And that's mm-hmm. like, it takes 30 seconds yeah. to take that, the butterflies in my stomach, the anxious knot in my stomach and say, no, Jesus, this is not how you've called me to live. This is not what it means to be in Christ. And so we use the scripture to transform our minds and to, to walk on in how God has called us as his children, right? Mm-hmm. So there's just, I mean, that, that's something I, I do frequently. My mom taught me that mm-hmm. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting better over time mm-hmm. at implementing it. So here we are, okay, at the end of this chapter, here are some questions that we want to ask ourselves about being in Christ as we wrap up this episode. So first of all, what does it mean to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus and that it's God's plan for you. So we read that earlier from Romans eight. 
What does it mean to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus and that it's God's plan for you? Like, just think about that. Did you have a comment about that? Okay. Just that. Stand alone. Basically, that almost sounds ominous, but it really, you know, is meaning I want to be more like Jesus in the way I think, the way I act. I want to be more like him. And so that's what that means, basically. And you're not going to do that on your own, just just trying to will it into happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, you can make that. It's the Holy Spirit again that will develop that in your life. And okay, secondly, we want to ask this question. What is the significance of being considered a brother or sister of Jesus? Mm-hmm. We talk about that, that term child of God a lot, but what does it mean to be a co-heir with Christ? It means that we are a brother and sister of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. consider what that means for you. What does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. I'm actually asking you. You're li- oh, you're looking at me. I'm literally looking at you. Literally looking at me. I'd love to know what that means to you. Well, it changes everything because I am now God's kid. I'm, I belong to, to, to the Lord, and I am an heir uh, with Jesus. And what's, what's he heir to? Everything. Everything. So I look at that, and I go, my inheritance is unlimited uh, because of that. And not only that, but the way I live here on this earth uh, is changed. Because I, I'm living now as the heir. I'm, I'm, is, this isn't something I'm waiting for one day after I, I die. I'm already experiencing that because Jesus is my brother. He calls me brother. He calls you sister. Like we are family. It's amazing. And so, that you, you know, and, and how many people actually grab that, though? Mm-hmm. How many people really take that to heart? You know, when we look at the issues that we face in our lives, whatever we're going through, and we... And we step back and think, but who am I? Well, if this is who I am in this situation, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Changes a lot. Awesome. It's awesome. Okay, another question to consider here is, why is it important to know God in your mind and also in your heart? And what's the difference? And so I think what we're aiming at here is to understand the difference between, you know, learning to know about God and then actually walking in a relationship with him just like you would with anybody that you meet you first learn about the person where they work where they live what they like and then you really start to get to know who they are Mm -hmm. and so there's a big difference between going from one to the other though you probably have to start with one to get to the other Mm -hmm. and and so and just think about your relationship with god in that context and how you can walk in a relationship with him and get to know him step by step you're not going to jump into the deep end you're probably going to wade in and walk through and learn about him step by step and it's okay to just start right where you are i think that's healthier actually to do it that way i think in the past uh what i've seen in a number of people's lives is uh they want to just jump in so they want the passion they want the heart they want the feeling uh they want all that but they don't have the knowledge Mm -hmm. and so it becomes experiential only and it's it doesn't last Taking it this way is a much better approach, and that is uh, allowing that word, that knowledge, that understanding to develop in your life and having that passion develop along with it. That will be uh, sustaining. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got to to see that. And then it's going to be both 
uh, spirit and truth. It's going to be that balance that's going to keep you. Um, I've seen a lot of people get excited, get started, um, you know, jump in, and yet, you know, they flame out after mm-hmm. a while because there's nothing there to hold them. And that's why we need both the mind and the heart at work. Right, right. Not just chasing an experience. Right. Um, but allowing the experiences to come from what you're learning about God. An informed experience. Right. Yep. And so we talked already about benefits of being in Christ. So what are the benefits of being in Christ? And I'm going to link in the show notes, just drop it right in there. there. When you taught a few years ago from Ephesians about this concept, there was a diagram that you had created that I think is really helpful. It's a huge list and I don't think it's exhaustive either. No, it's not. A lot of it's uh, taken from Ephesians, but there are so many other things. It was just uh, kind of a, a representative list, but a lot of the key points. Yeah, so there's so many of them here. I, I, I'm looking at it as you hand it to me across this music stand. So good. There's just so many things. So we're going to link to it so that you can see it, read these scriptures, and understand who you are in Christ and really mull that over. I think that will be really, really helpful. And then the last question here, what do you do, what are you willing to do to want to know God more? What are you willing to do? And you already know the answer to this one, <laughs> The big right? three. The big three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning today. I'm totally picking up what you're laying down. Uh, so that's a great one. What are, you, what are you really willing to do? Like that's, it's such a, be honest about that and, and decide what's your next step? What's next for you? There's so much. And the, the cool thing is it doesn't matter if you've been serving God and taking these steps for 70 years. Right. God is not limited mm-hmm. and you will never get it all figured There's out. There's more. so much more. Yep. There's always so much more. And so that's the exciting thing. We're never done, but we also shouldn't let that intimidate us from starting right where, from where we are. In our next episode, we're going to continue to unpack verse three because yes, there is still more just in this verse three of second Peter one. And we're going to talk about the fact that our greatest needs have been provided for. So that's going to be great. We're looking forward to diving into episode four with you. Of course, don't hesitate to connect with us on all of our socials at freedom church, KW get into the community. Who's talking about this course, join that Facebook group, next discipleship, everything you need. It's easy to find. It's linked in the show notes. Here at Freedom Church, our mission is to equip people to live Christ-centered lives through daily transformation. We hope this episode has done that for you. It's just a huge honor to be a part of what's next for you in your life, in your spiritual journey. So thanks for listening.